Hey girl, and welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I am one of your hosts, Brandon. And I am uh, another one of your hosts, Angel. And there's a third host, Noche, who hopefully will be quiet for the recording of this podcast, which is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. No, we're not going to do that to you. No, we're not. We're not going to front like that. No. Some other spiritualistas may. But we're not here to throw shade at them. No, we're not supposed to throw shade at anybody. No. Because we are love and light. Yeah. Although I did listen to a really beautiful podcast recently that was about kind of reclaiming the power of darkness and how this is a generation or a time where everyone's kind of like a light seeker, like addicted to the light, you know? Uh And sometimes the light burns. Sometimes it's too hot and darkness is healing. You know, darkness doesn't always mean like shadow and evil. You know, there's the darkness of the womb. Uh Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Okay. So then this is going to be the shadiest ass podcast you have <laughs> ever heard because we are reclaiming ourselves. And it actually kind of does make sense given that today we're going to talk about um, retrogrades and their shadow phase. Oh, because we are in the shadow phase of Mercury. Yes. Yeah. As of uh, today, we're recording this um right after Mercury's gone direct. So we will get into that, but first we're going to do a little check-in. Yeah, but first we should probably introduce ourselves. Oh yeah, who the hell are we? (laughs) I don't know. Who are we? Who are you today, honey? Today I'm uh, Camille. (laughs) St. Camille from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes. Lounging in my backyard overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Oh, that sounds gorgeous. Yeah. No, I am Angel Lopez. I am a uh, film producer and uh, ex- uh, development executive and a astrologer. And a writer and a director. And a writer and a director. Well, I've directed once. And I and I am a writer. Well, you've directed one short film, but you directed a lot of plays back in college. I directed so many and plays, after guys. I did. Plays that you wrote. Yeah, and I would love to do that again sometime. Well, there you go. Speak it and it shall be done. I would love to direct theater again. It's so fun. Yeah. Who are you, babes? Uh, I'm Lisa Rinna. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm Brandon Alter. What are you selling us today? Uh, I'm selling you this gorgeous romper. It's Ooh. it's not cashmere, but it feels like cashmere. Viewers, if you could see the color right now, we Honey, have them it's... in 13. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're really on one today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Brandon. I am a tarot reader. I'm an energy healer. Uh, I'm also a writer and an actor and uh, and the body that belongs to Brandonna Summer, Ooh. who is the empress of self-empowerment and, uh, and also a recently birthed stand-up comedian. Yes, she is. And isn't she about to go on an adventure? Yes, she's about to go out to the desert. Uh, my good friend Sharon has a beautiful uh, documentary series called Wild Women Healers. Mm-hmm. So check that out. The Instagram is Wild Women Healers. And she's got, I think, three or four episodes up. And it's all different sorts of, of healers. Um, I think there's a tattoo artist. There's a hospital clown. Mm. And... Um, and another tarot reader, and she asked if both myself and Brandana would be the subject of uh, an episode. So we're going to go out to Joshua Tree to film that this weekend That's or this cool. week. That'll be so fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And you love the desert. I do love the desert. I miss it. Yeah, how long has it been since you were out there? It's been longer than I can remember. But so last year, every three weeks, I would get out to the desert, even if just for a night. And it was really healing and important for me. But this year, I kind of made a little intention 
to myself that I need to be able to kind of access what I feel in the desert here. Like I can't always run away. So I haven't mm. been going as much as... How's that working out? It's going all right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like the desert is like the equivalent of your carry necklace. It is the equivalent of my carry necklace. I know. So you've kind of... It'll be nice. You will get to find your carry necklace again. I know. Inside the lining of my giant purse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss the desert. She's so healing for me. And I was having lunch with a friend a couple weeks ago, and she uh, relayed some wisdom from a friend of hers that said that desert really attracts people with a lot of sadness because mm. that's like a lot of water, and the desert needs the water, and the people with the sadness need that water kind of absorbed out. It's like a beautiful exchange. Wow, that's interesting. And I really do think, you know, a couple of years ago when the desert really called to me, I was just starting to kind of tap into my sadness. It was really at the beginning of a lot of my deeper healing, which mm -hmm. which continues. You know, healing is a process that never really ends. There's no period at the end of that sentence, but you just start feeling better and lighter and more authentic. So I'm excited just to get back out there, lay oh. on the earth. Well, and his tapping back into that sadness coincided with his meeting me. So I'm so glad that I was able to just bring out your sadness. How dare you? That's so not true. <laughs> That's so not true. You know, it's beautiful. We've been together for a few years before before the desert yeah, really started no, to call playing. out to me. <laughs> but I will say our relationship did provide like a really safe container for me to expand into my edges. Brendana Summer was born in mm -hmm. our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think also a lot of my like deeper spiritual seeking was born in our relationship. Yeah, you gave birth to noche there he is during our relationship yeah and i think <laughs> he's like don't forget me don't forget me but i also think that feeling safe in relationship with you allowed me to tap into some of those darker more uncomfortable places just acknowledging that there are a lot of unresolved and unhealed issues in me in all of us yeah well i feel like that is like well first of all that's sweet thank you yeah I also feel like just in relationships in general, like you do really need to be able to like fully show all of yourselves. I never understand entirely. Um, well, I do understand. I was going to say I don't understand how you don't, but I do understand having been in um, relationships where it was more challenging to want to show the more vulnerable sides of yourself because you just kind of want to, you know, create a persona and be like, fall in love with this. Well, don't they say like the first three or six months of dating, you've like sent an like ambassador of your best self. Oh, really? That like makes it's not, sense. it's not really you. Right. It's just like your, just like gorgeous avatar. Yeah. It's an emissary, <laughs> you know? And then one night after too many drinks. You're on the floor in the fetal position, sobbing from that deep unhealed sadness. Oh, but we made it through that night, didn't we, honey? Yeah, honey. <laughs> we made it through a lot of those nights. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing otherwise? You know what? I, I'm doing pretty good today. I, uh, I'm still on my Mercury retrograde cleanse. Mm -hmm. which, Wait, does that end though? Because now we're direct or no? Yeah, no, it's going to keep going. Because I took that week off because Brandana derailed me. So I'm mm -hmm. just going to take this cleanse uh, through Labor Day. Well, makes sense since you're going out to the desert. I'm going That's out to the time. desert and then I'm going to Sedona at the end of the month to do a retreat with uh, one of my teachers. So I just feel like this clarity is going to be very beneficial for all of that. So I'm just mm -hmm, sticking with mm -hmm. it. Well, that's good. 
But yeah, we went and saw Crazy Rich Asians last night. So good, Which was everybody. amazing and so funny and so Go beautiful. Go see it now. And there was like this huge kind of celebration at the end of the movie because a lot of the cast came out. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like a huge party atmosphere in the lobby afterwards. And like we ran into friends outside of the theater. And it did feel like the energy of directness. Mm, yeah. Um, so I'm definitely feeling a little lighter and a little clearer than I have been. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk more about how we're doing when we kind of dive into this retrograde recap. So that's very true. So that's all I kind of have to say right now. What are you, what's going on with you and your heart and your mind and your spirit? My heart, my mind, my spirit. Uh, Well, I, they're all slightly exhausted. (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, As of this taping, I'm about a week and a half into production on a movie um, so it's been very long days into the night. Can you mention the movie? Yeah, it's called Bad Hair, directed by uh, Justin Simeon. And also penned by Mr. Justin Simeon. Yes, written and directed by, um, who's also the master of our musical interludes here on this show. That's very true. Um, yeah, and it's a fun horror social satire. Uh, it takes place in the late 80s, so it's been a lot of amazing fashions on set. Uh, and just really fun, really crazy. Um, but yes, also as creating anything is, um, especially during a retrograde phase, uh, it's been very challenging and, um, you know, and yeah, I just, uh, again, yeah, very long. Yeah. But, you got uh, home at four thirty in the morning on Friday and three in the morning on Thursday. I and- did. Yeah. Those, that's production life sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, so far a really exhilarating experience and i'm definitely uh you know taking cues from our wonderful discussion with Lori Liu from uh our last episode and we discussed this whole thing of like zipping up into yourself or into like a, a you know a piece of yourself and so i've definitely been you know working to sort of zip up into my producer self uh before i you know, get out of the car and, and walk on to set. And so that's been nice to sort of claim a little more of that. Uh, you know, it was interesting last night when we were at the movie and this was a tiny thing that um, I sort of held on to, but, you know, we were going to take our seats and this, uh, you know, there were these two people sitting on the end of the aisle and I, uh, we were going in. I think Philip, our friend Philip, went in first, and I, I went in behind him. And I said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And the person on the end just looked at me and said, "You really don't have to say you're sorry." Whoa! And it was such a quick moment, but the way our eye contact made, and it felt so almost just like a larger thing that I yeah. was like, I clocked it real quick and just thought, "You're right. Thank you." Uh, but then, thank you. Uh, but that was just something that for some reason I was just now pondering again on my morning walk with the dog of, um, you know, not always feeling the need to apologize for myself and my existence. And I even think a lot of the time I have found in the past that I will be on like a set and sort of apologize, spend a lot of time apologizing to people because I'm like, oh, I'm in your way or, oh, I'm, you know, doing things, you know, that, or I just feel like I'm not being helpful. And so that's been really interesting to 
that's something that I, I, that I was just thinking about this morning of like, not always feeling the, that I always have this need to apologize. And I think that that stems from, yeah, just in general, you know, growing up who I was and, and what I, you know, being gay and even like, you know, Latin and like in certain environments and always feeling like this sense of like shame and like, I'm sorry, I'm this. Yeah. Um, and just how much that still sits at the core of me because then you have like a moment like that in the movie that makes me realize like, oh yeah, that is a thing that still lives in me. So I think so many of us have unhealed shame. I think yeah. particularly uh, people of color, women and, and gay people have a lot of shame just because we were raised in a white, heterosexual, heteronormative society and we don't even realize how deep that need to apologize is. And even someone like myself who is like very out and proud and queer and witchy and blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. I was, I was shocked to discover uh, over this, over this past year, how much shame I still carry. Um, mm. And that's why I'm actually developing a workshop right now um, to kind of identify and start to heal some of this shame that I hope to be offering before the end of the year. Awesome. Um, What's that going to be about? Well, I want to, it's not just going to be for gay people. I want to mm-hmm. open it up to everybody, but it's really going to be about identifying where shame is kind of held in our body and our hearts and in our spirit and then starting to release it through a couple different modalities. I want it to start with shamanic journeying and then it'll move into breath work, a little bit of yoga, and then we'll take a break and then we'll kind of come back and have this ceremony that I think mm. will be led by Brandonna Summer, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think the first half of the day will be me and then we'll take a break in the middle of the day and then Brandonna Summer will come and people can dress for the ceremony. And I think it's really about expanding into your edges because I think... What our shame does is it amputates pieces of our authenticity. We're like, that's unacceptable. That's dangerous. And Mm -hmm. so this would be, you know, an all day retreat, so to speak, an opportunity to start to reclaim that, reclaim your authenticity by releasing the shame that you feel around certain parts of yourself. That sounds awesome. Yeah. My new gay Yoda therapist is like really, really pushing me to get it together. What's it going to be called? Well, the, the title I have right now, which is not going to be the title, was Resurrecting the Rainbow, which is just about like the idea of like bringing your like queerness back to life. Right. But I don't want it to be just for queer people because yeah. I think like women have a lot of shame living in like a very chauvinistic patriarchal society and even heterosexual people for of color sure. have a lot of yeah. shame living in a predominantly white society. So that's not going to be the name. I mean, it might just be something like a retreat for releasing shame. I mean, they'll probably be like, <laughs> <laughs> a more catchy title, probably. Yeah, um, yeah. but I think you're right. Because I, I, when I think of something, the rainbow, I just think of Skittles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Or isn't it Starburst? No, it's Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. Sorry. We're Maybe not it'll be called by, Taste the Rainbow. No, yeah, that's a totally different workshop. No, so. we're not sponsored by any of that bullshit. <laughs> we're not sponsored at all. We're not. All right. We've been Fuck talking for a long time. Should we dive into our dose of reality? If anybody wants to sponsor us, we'll totally take it. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's dive in. It's time for our dose, dose of reality. reality. So can we dive can we dive into the New York Housewives first? Of course. This episode, you guys, I told Angel, don't you ever delete this because I'm going to want to watch it multiple times. <laughs> it was the season finale and the Countess Luanne de Lesseps performed her cabaret hashtag Countess and Friends. It was next level. It was next level. She had special guest Bridget Everett. Uh, Rachel Dratch. Rachel Dratch. Some Broadway queens. Some Broadway queens. <laughs> I can't remember by I name. I can't remember their names. And... Um, 
Sonia Morgan. Sonia Morgan, who... Flashing her ass. Flashing her ass. During Money Can't Buy You class. Didn't she say, all of my dresses are trained to come off at 11? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's part of my brand. Yeah, well, she's a little TNA. She's very consistent. That is very true. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily equate her with, like, showing her body, but... She does. She does. You're right. Yeah, she takes a lot of pride in that body. Yeah. But it's been quite a season, and I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. I have too. I think the saddest thing about that episode was at the end, Brittany, uh, Brittany, Bethany, mm-hmm. and Carol oh, uh, yeah. kind of found their way back to each other in a way that that seemed, for reality TV, very like authentic and heartfelt. Yeah, but I think it was really just... Because the, they knew it was the finale, and they I were trying th- to bring some closure. At least, I think, from Carol's perspective. I felt like by then, Carol was like, I'm on a reality show. I just need to get through this. And she probably had already made a silent promise to herself that she was never coming back. I think so. Whereas Bethany was like approaching it from a place of, come on, we're here. We're filming. We're doing, you know, she was still making television. Whereas I feel like Carol was just trying to like get through making television. Yeah. Um, Because they're obviously, at least, look, we don't know these people, but it seems like they um, are not friends anymore, especially given the previews for the The reunion. reunion. Yeah. Shit's going to go down. But the cabaret was amazing. I think it was a whole segment that was devoted just to the cabaret. Yeah. And the countess was, you couldn't take her eyes off her. She looked gorgeous and she allowed herself to be the butt of most of the jokes about her arrest and her sobriety. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a fan of the Countess, even when most people were not a fan of the Countess. And it was just nice to see her continue to get more and more real, so to speak. Well, it seems like you really relate to her. I do. Well, she like reminds me a lot of Brandonna Summer. Totally. Which then means she probably reminds you a little bit of people from your women in my family (laughs) yeah i always say like brandonna summer is an amalgamation of all of the women in my family and it's like a it's a healing because my my family is beautiful but also challenging as all families are and uh brandonna summer is one container through which i can process and heal a lot of that yeah yeah um but also just like at the beginning of her uh, of her stand-up, Brandonna goes, it has recently come to my attention that I'm a privileged white woman. Mm-hmm. And she's also, I think, a container to just kind of explore white privilege and how to kind of heal and um, accept that. Yeah, acknowledge it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that was not happening in the Countess Luann show. No, there was no acknowledgement <laughs> of her white privilege. It was a celebration of white privilege. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> As pretty much the Real Housewives of New York is in general. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it has been a really strong season. So who do you think, I was having this conversation um, on set with Justin, who do you think has been, um, who's come out sort of the most glowing of the season? I think either Sonia or Luann. Oh, interesting. Even though Luann has is since now relapsed and gone back to rehab but if we're just like if we're not taking into account page six and the all reality the gossip, right but like this this season was a real redemption story for luann but also yeah. sonia was like the voice of reason which just goes to show you if you stay on these reality shows long enough you get to embody every single archetype possible <laughs> that's true you're like which archetype do i want to be you just gotta stick with it season. yeah uh 
Yeah, no, I was arguing uh, a bit for Ramona, though I do feel like last night she <laughs> just reminded me that she is loca. And I, it, I'm not saying that she's not, but I did feel like she was less cray-cray than she normally has been. There was a very generous Ramona edit this season, for sure. That's probably what happened. Um and maybe she just didn't have a ton going on, too, in her personal life. I think that's Normally true. you have a lot of that with her. Um, but I just felt like, normally speaking, she also just gave me, like, my favorite moment of this season. When which, she was yelling at Bethany oh from the street God. corner. From and the street corner. Yeah, and put her dog in peril as it, like, sat in the street while she, like, screamed. I mean, it was shot, like, on with four cameras. It was, like, a whole thing. It I was, loved it so much. It was amazing. <laughs> I think I watched it, like, five times. You did. Oh, so good. Um, but yeah, it's been a great season. I'm excited for the reunions. Me too. But sad. But sad it's ending. But, you know, now we have Orange County, which I know has I been a little so slow. I am so bored with Orange County. I, you know, I'm not going to deny. It's literally that. hard for me to even watch it. Yeah. Like to even like be like, oh, I guess I'm going to watch this now. I know, but it's kind of got to be the source of our dose of reality for the next few months, unless we're going to start watching Dallas. We're not going to watch Dallas, but there's other reality TV. That there we can... is. That is true. And we didn't watch Potomac, which I just could, we never really felt in, uh, you know, that uh, sort of interested in. But I've heard that it's really been phenomenal this last season. So maybe we could go back and watch this that season if we need it. Honestly, I don't need to. I don't need to take on any more reality addiction. In fact. I think it's okay, even with this podcast and our dose of reality. <laughs> if we trim the fat a little bit, I think that's okay. I don't know. Let's have this argument right now in front of everyone, uh, yeah, Brandon. Let's do I it. want more reality TV in my life. Okay, well then we can start with like, I mean, there's so much. I mean, we could talk about House Hunters International. We could talk about... Um, I'm I'm kind of kidding. Okay, great. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about House Hunters International. No, and frankly, probably people don't need to hear us talk about reality TV forever and ever anyway. No, I don't think they do. So, But correct us if we're wrong, everybody. Yeah, or if there's things out there we should be watching. Yeah, what that should we be not, watching that we're not? We are open. We're interested. We want to have discussions with you about your favorite... Reality addictions. <laughs> or not. Um or you can just uh, reach out to me and we can talk about Shaza Sunset on the side because Brandon can't watch it anymore. I can't. I can't do it. But I love it. Is that our dose of reality? I guess so. We don't need to talk about Below Deck Mediterranean? I mean, if you want to. I don't really have I anything to say. I'm not fully caught up. Yeah, no, I know. And I don't have anything to say about it, so. Wow. I'm stunned. As the children say, I'm shook. You're shook. Yeah, it was like your favorite thing on earth. You used I know, to but this jumped season, up and down. I know, but this season has been really not fun for me. I know you haven't even like tried to uh, do Brooks accent and you love to just do people's accents. Brooks accent? Yeah. You mean Hannah? No, Brooke, the British girl. The British one? Yeah. Who you said sounded like Dobby the house elf? Well, I didn't want to put that out on the air. Well, you did. did. You said it. And okay. this is, we are transparent on this We did say podcast. this was going to be a shady one. <laughs> yeah, we did, I guess. She sounds a little bit like Dobby the house elf. Yeah, she does. She, she breaks my heart because she is one of those people that's very like, I think unconsciously in a victim mentality all the time mm -hmm. and has very little self-worth and just kind of takes the scraps that are given to her instead of saying like, I deserve better than this. And it's just hard to watch. How dare you? I'm sitting right here. <laughs> okay. Stop taking everything so personally. <laughs> 
All right, that is our dose of reality. Let's. Yeah. I really want to get into this juicy, juicy deep dive. So, without yeah. further ado, welcome to this episode's deep, deep dive. dive. So we are going to talk about uh, the retrogrades. Do you have your notes? I do have my notes. Gorgeous. Um, and, you know, because we've been having various retrogrades over the last couple months, and obviously things retrograde uh, sort of off and on all the time, but it is rare that they all happen simultaneously um, over one summer. So we have had, you know, we've had Jupiter, we've had Mercury, we've had Mars, we have uh, Uranus, we have Neptune, we have Pluto, we have Saturn, um, you know, and retrogrades are, you know, we've talked about them before, um, and we talked about the Mars retrograde specifically, um, but, uh, you know, so just quickly, retrogrades are just a time where, you know, the the planet sort of slows down in the sky and and it appears as though it's moving backwards because if you think about like when you're in a car and mm-hmm. you're driving by like another car that's going slower and when you pass that car it looks like that car is moving backwards even though that car is going in the same direction that you are yeah so and and it's basically then the energy of that planet and the way it's affecting us sort of comes in a little bit backwards jumbled slowing down slowing down uh so you know, to have had all of these things sort of happen at once and collide uh, has really, I think... Made for, for a fucking challenging <laughs> summer. <laughs> yeah, and it's been funny. I don't know if it's, you know, how much it has to do with the fact that we are now sort of doing this podcast and, you know, people are very aware of who we are and, and what we're interested in. Um, but I definitely feel like more so than ever people in our lives or people we run into even last night i know we were having these conversations with people who were just like hey how are you these retrogrades have been killing me like it's been coming up for everyone it seems yeah like. well and that's the language which is why i love astrology because it gives you a language to talk about what's yeah. happening because as i said to my yoga class yesterday everyone has been feeling a heaviness there's mm-hmm. been a heaviness happening this summer. And because we have the language of astrology, we know what that is. If you don't have astrology, you're just like, what's wrong with me? Right. Whereas with the language of astrology, you're like, oh, this isn't personal. This isn't something that I'm doing. This is the energy happening all around us. Right, exactly. And I had a tarot client that was it. like, uh, I've been feeling so sluggish. And I was mm. like, that sounds a lot like Mars retrograde, like yeah. not having your vitality so accessible. Completely. Yeah. And it, it has been really nice to have our, you know, you know, friends and, and people I, I'm around sort of try to access that conversation or just say, so what's going on, you know, and yeah. trying to understand it. Uh, because, yeah, it has been for me it, and I know for you, but yeah, it's it's been really apparent. Like I've definitely been on like such a roller coaster for these last couple months um really since like the mars retrograde hit and then mercury just like fully amplified everything just felt like everyone was confusing everything (laughs) i just want to say that my computer stopped working on the day mercury went retrograde and what happened yesterday my our neighbor carl was able to fix it 
I mean, for a short period of time, this is almost a 10-year-old computer. So he was like, you're not going to have very much longer. Yeah. But I will be able to turn that computer on today and for all intents and purposes, be able to get right back on. So you literally had a Mercury retrograde with your computer. I did. That's so funny. I know you can't make this shit up. Yeah, that computer was just like making sounds. Oh, we'll like still make those heard. sounds because apparently oh. the fan is like tilted, the fan that cools everything down. So it gives this off, it gives off this like terrible, like whirring noise. Yeah. So mama's going to have to buy a new computer <laughs> probably after Mars goes direct For and sure. I can figure out how to, how to afford that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Mercury is direct as of today uh, in Leo uh which is lovely and at least you know kind of releases a little bit of the pressure leo being the sign of creativity um ruled by the heart a lot about your heart's path and kind of what lights you up and where do you want to claim space yeah and joy yeah and so it's nice to sort of you know, be, and having Mercury retrograde through that, you know, as we know, Mercury is, yeah, communication, how we think, how we communicate our think, our thinking out, out into the world. So for us to be able to now do that, you know, through Leo, which is, I can't, I don't remember if you used the word confidence, but. I did not. Yeah, but Leo, you know, is like, Mercury Leo is very much communicating your confidence. Yeah, because the sun is most at home in Leo, right? Mm -hmm. In the same way that the moon is most at home in Cancer. Yeah. So if you think about, you know, needing to go back and review, reassess, you know, these last three and some change weeks have been really much about us having to sort of reassess how we think about ourselves in a confident way. How do we access our confidence? Um, and how do we communicate our confidence? Um, so having to sort of move through some of those things and being faced with challenges over the last few weeks that have pushed us to have to communicate our confidence more clearly um, and having to take more time with that. And so now we're entering what we say is sort of the shadow phase, because I think what happens is, you know, we all think about, oh, yeah, Mercury's going retro or Mercury's retrograde. Um, and now it's over. Yay. But what we don't really think about is the fact that then now Mercury has to sort of travel back over all of the space that it was retrograding through. Mm. Um, so it really then gives this is like, you know, your second chance in a way, you know, um, or kind of your third chance. Right. Because it went over it and then it went back and now it's going over it again. Exactly. Yeah. So it's really giving you like your third and final attempt to really sort of master this space for yourself. Yeah. And um, it's interesting too, to think about the fact that it has gone retrograde in Leo, which means it's spending longer in Leo than it would ordinarily. Because mm -hmm. if Mercury were going direct, it would just go, it would just zip all the way through. But we are getting a longer time to be in this space of our creativity, our confidence, our heart's path. Yeah. Yeah, it's like in its shadow phase. It basically is going to be back, um, you know, September 2nd. It'll be back to where it was when it went retrograde. Which is still Leo. Still Leo. So it won't get out of Leo until... Until like at least the middle of September. Yeah. Um, so it's really like all this time right now for us to sort of, you know, go back over, you know, in, in a new way, some stuff that we, you know... It's, it, that we initially maybe attempted to try or do and didn't fully work and things of that nature. So um, for me, I just like to offer up that retrograde has brought back some ghosts for me. 
Oh, they always say that, right? Yeah. And for me, it was around some unhealed relationships that I thought I had healed. Yeah, tell everyone about them. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm not going to go into that much specificity. (laughs) Shade. But some relationships that I thought, some relationships that had ended in my past Mm -hmm. that I thought I had moved through, I realized I had just kind of jumped over. And we're going back like almost two years, some some Uh even longer. Right. And this retrograde gave me the opportunity to really look at that and and consciously, with intention, release those relationships, not just for myself, but for those people as well. So that, because, mm-hmm. you know, the truth is, is if you're thinking about somebody, if you're dreaming about somebody, if you're hung up on somebody, even if they're not conscious of it, they're also hung up on you in some way, shape or form. Oh, that's interesting. Because we're all connected in that way. Right. So this was my opportunity to release that for both parties involved because I don't want to hold on to this anger, this sadness, this disappointment. I want to be free. Yeah. Well, if you think about that from a lens of Mercury, like all of that stuff, like just clogs up your mind. Oh my gosh. It you really know, was. it actually just to kind of dip our toes a little bit back into dose of reality, but it reminds me of this last episode of New York with Dorinda, who was so upset about something that happened and I think it was Bethany who said, like, you know, she just gets herself so worked up in mm. her mind that you can just, you know, she just, all of that energy just exhausts her. Totally. You know, and I think that that's something that can sort of happen with a Mercury retrograde. You either use it to your advantage to slow down and really ponder over these things so that you can get to the release yeah, phase. because I was working myself up so much. Well, that's what I was going to say. Over this. Or you just stay in that space and let it just clog up completely until you're like dealing with migraines. Yeah. You know, so. And I will say, I feel like in one of these relationships, I feel probably about like 70% resolved. In another mm-hmm. one, I feel maybe like 40% resolved. And But, you know, it's, again, I said at the beginning of the show, healing's a process. And I think Mercury Retrograde showed me where I hadn't even begun the process, really. So now I feel like I did start that. And with Mercury having gone direct now, I feel like I can continue just to do this work so that... Ideally, by the end of the year, when we're in Kauai, I feel totally healed and resolved in these things. Kauai. I know. Um, Where uh, in your chart has this all been affecting you? What area of your life? How do you mean? Like, where has Mercury been retrograding? What house? Oh, well, uh, Leo for me is my fifth house. Mm. So it's been in my creativity and in my confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I don't think it's a coincidence that Brendana Summer, who was asleep for literally two years, came back. Yeah, but also a reapproach because even though she's always been very funny, and I always wrote monologues for her within the context of like a musical or other stuff, this was the first time where I kind of had the confidence to say like she doesn't need anybody else; she can just be alone on stage and do her own thing, and right. that does feel like a reapproach and taking up space and having the confidence to do that, but yeah. also changing a little bit how and what the work is that she wants to do in the world because it used to just be like something. I wanted to do to like be famous. Mm, mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I don't really care about that. What I really care about is that this is my most authentic contribution. Like, and there are other authentic contributions, but this is the one I can really feel it. And she is a Leo. Oh yeah. She has a totally separate birth chart. So mm-hmm. she is a Leo and that's just kind of part of it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and there's just so much healing that she can do that, that of course it's still a part of me. It's coming through me, but 
it's there's stuff that she can do that I can't do or that she can do a lot more easily that I can't do. And mm-hmm. I want to be able to offer that to myself, to the world. Um, and I think it's important not to block that. I think about that Martha Graham quote that's like there is a, I'm totally going to butcher this, sorry, Martha Graham. But there's like a lightness, a quickness, a vitality that moves through oh, you. And uh-huh. if you block it, it will be lost forever. Yeah, yeah. So yours is not to judge it, but just to be that vessel, that channel, and let it move through you. And for so long, I judged Brandon, and I blocked her, and had to do so much with my gay shame, and femininity, and authenticity, and effeminacy, and blah, 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 blah. And now it's like, no, 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 like, this wants to come through more and more, and my job is to just prepare the way and let it come through. Yeah, and and be confident in it. Yeah, girl. Yeah, no, I feel you with that. I mean, for me, it's been very much in my, like home and family so it's been like you know i've always equated that for myself because it's leo it's like being at home with my confidence and being at home with my creativity and um even you know i sort of took a a bit of a hiatus from doing readings um but the last reading i gave was with a, a, a lovely cancer and we were talking about cancer and you know she sort of said like you know, for her, she's always felt like, because cancers are so much about home and they rule the fourth house, which is the house I'm referring to, and um, that it's always been very much about, you know, being able to take your home wherever you go and sort of making making everywhere your home. And I think for me, like, that is something that um, has been a theme in this retrograde phase for myself of sort of making my you know, not just sort of leaving my confidence at home, um, but taking it with me everywhere I go. Um, so, you know, the good thing is that now that we are direct, you know, between now and September 2nd, you know, it's an opportunity to sort of put all of these things to the test and to allow yourself to activate, you know, on a, in a mental plane um, in a new way for yourself and, you know, to really sort of even look and try and figure out if you don't know, you know, where, um, you know, you have Leo in your chart and, you know, how can you sort of be working to activate, um, you know, this direct energy, this direct mercury energy in your life even more, um, and just finding ways to clarify your thoughts from a place of confidence in certain areas of your life, if not in every area of your life, if you are that, you know, hardcore. Um, so again, if you just pull up your birth chart and you'll see there there are numbers, 1 through 12, and those are the houses, mm-hmm. and that's where in your chart this would be. It's, in, it's good to look at, you know? Yeah, for Cause sure. Because Leo, so Mercury's in Leo for everybody, but depending on what your rising sign is, that will determine what sign partners with which house yes and some will straddle like you might be in the seventh and eighth house you know they don't line up well it depends on what astrology you use because some astrology does line them up perfectly but that's not the astrology that we both work with yeah we work with placidus correct yeah um but yeah so like for me it straddles my third and fourth house um which is actually communication yeah and then home and family for me, it's literally just my fifth house because I am a like first degree Aries rising, which means that my houses and my signs almost match up exactly. Not entirely. Right, right. As we get later and later in the chart, they start to get a little sloppier. But for those first six or seven, they're pretty they're pretty dead on. Um, yeah. So it feels like for, you know, so just speaking to you directly, like between now and September 2nd, it's really like an opportunity to take these last three weeks of like reconsideration and like actually put them into effect, you know, from that, for that Leo energy. 
Yeah. Um, because that also then takes us to the Mars retrograde, which is still going on. And for me, that's been... Almost harder in a way, huh? Harder. But, you know, I'm also an Aries, so Mars is like my ruling planet. I'm an so, Aries rising with Mars in my first house. Girl. Yeah. So, you know, I think if Mars is like something that like, a, you know, it's a planet that affects you more, um, it's going to affect you just the the retrograde will affect you more yeah and again mars the planet of your warriorship your ambition your vitality your energy with a capital e yeah it's how you get shit done yeah in the world so to have mars go retrograde it kind of slows every you it know, feels like you can't get shit yeah done. you can't get shit done and or it makes it makes it so much harder and i have certainly seen this in my life and um you know it went into uh retrograde uh, at the end of june and I did really notice suddenly it was like, whoa, slow down. It was like full on molasses. Yeah. Um, you know, but you still have to do everything. You know, it's not like everyone just like can take a holiday. Um, so, uh, you know, the nice thing is, is that, yeah, as of um, August 28th, Mars will go direct again. Um, and it retrograded in Aquarius. Mostly Aquarius and a little bit of Capricorn. Yeah, it's currently back in Capricorn. At now. 29 degrees. Yeah, and we'll go get all the way back to 28 degrees, um, which is when it will turn direct. Uh, and then it's going to stay in this shadow phase again, sort of, you know, the shadow phase being covering the ground that it sort of lost in the retrograde phase. So going through all of that again it's like retracing where it already retraced exactly uh so that will then be in effect all the way through october 9th so it'll get you know that'll be when it gets itself back to nine degrees aquarius which is where it was when it first hit retrograde um so it's a pretty long period and mars retrogrades happen like every i feel like it's like every two years and some change so it's not as often that we experience these yeah, you know what just flashed into my mind is just the expression like two steps forwards, one step back, mm -hmm. and that really feels like what the what the energy of a retrograde shadow is. Yeah, for sure. Because you've gone forwards, and then you go back, and then you go forwards again. Exactly. So, yeah, retrace your steps. Yeah. Um, you know, but hopefully you're re you know retracing the path you know, with some newly gained knowledge yeah. so that you can, you know, not fall into the holes that you maybe fell into before and sort of... Because um, you've seen them twice now. You saw them yeah. the first time going forwards, you saw them again going back, and now you're like, oh yeah, there's that hole again. I'm going to sidestep it. Yeah, and either coming back because you were probably walking backwards, you probably fell into it even harder. Yeah. You know, or you were able to sidestep it and really pay attention to it and go, oh, yeah, this is where it was. You know, if you did it really, um, you know, in a, from a place of awareness, maybe you were, you know, counting your steps and know it, you know, oh, right, it's step number 12, step wider. Yeah. You know, so I get over that hole. Well, an example for me would be having taken the intention to do this Mercury retrograde cleanse mm -hmm. and the first week of Mercury retrograde, me and the cleanse, we were doing great. Mm -hmm. And then week two was when I gave Brandonna permission to take me off the cleanse and it totally <laughs> derailed me for a whole week. Yeah, because it doesn't work that way. And then this week, week two of the cleanse has been so hard. And then Brandonna's coming back for this little Joshua tree thing. And I was mm. thinking like, oh, like, should I like get some wine for the, and I was like, no. <laughs> absolutely not we are yeah. sticking to this cleanse yeah 
Well, because so. at the end of the day, you are one and the same. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, <laughs> that was foolish. Hey, look, it's understandable, though. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and I try to be gentle with myself, you know, like, I do these cleanses to gain clarity and to... And, and so I got some clarity around the cleanse itself and, and some of my own tendencies to like slip into substances and how I tend to numb myself. Um, yeah, yeah. And I also had some really powerful revelations with parts of myself that have been numbed out for a really long time. Right, yeah. Um, I'll share. I feel comfortable sharing that share. on the full moon eclipse in Aquarius, I attended a really beautiful journey circle with a bunch of uh, gay men in Los Angeles. I think they're called the Medicine Circle. And I took a journey to the lower world connected with a power animal that I'd never connected with before. And this power animal led me to the bottom of the ocean where I found a seven-year-old boy that looked like me, mm -hmm. which is what we know as a soul part. And soul retrieval is a very common practice in shamanism because if you think about your soul and all of the times in your life where pieces of your soul might have felt as if they could not exist in this world for fear of death or shame or what have you. And it's very common that most of us have some soul loss is what it's called. Parts mm -hmm. of our soul that we've kind of surrendered to the invisible world because they felt like a liability, which really does go in line with shame and what have you. Right. And this seven-year-old boy, this little version of myself at the bottom of the ocean, which I think about ocean, emotion, um, intuition, and creativity— and I grabbed him and I brought him back to the surface and I've been working to integrate this this little seven-year-old boy and I've been feeling so much more emotional. You were on set, but I was watching something stupid on TV I can't even remember and something like really moved me and I said out loud like, oh my God, why am I so emotional right now? And then I realized like, no, boo, like you're not so emotional right now. Like this is your baseline. Like right. this is how emotional you're supposed to be all the time. Like this yeah. is what you have not been in touch with for a really long time. Well, so many people are not in touch. That's why I think you, you know, you can be in like a movie theater, you know, just even thinking of like going to the movies and have an emotional response to something and get all these like looks from people like, oh, what know. are you doing? There was a woman people uh, sitting behind connect us with that. who is like, oh, it was so fun to like watch you guys watching the movie because you right. were like so emotional or what have you. Yeah. And some people just like have stifled themselves from yeah. just being present with totally. emotional response because, yeah, I think it is connected to having beat that down from a young uh you know from a young time in your life and just so everyone knows if you're not if you're unfamiliar with shamanic journeying just from like i'd say the best way just from like a layman's perspective is it's like it's almost like a waking dream yeah it is in some level that yeah. you ultimately like you know don't fully have like control over in some way you kind of just like experience it's like a meditative state that actually you know puts you through some sort of waking dream. At least that's been my experience. No, it's it. a beautiful way to talk about it. And yeah. usually you listen to a drum and the drum is what shifts your brain state from uh, alpha to theta, right. which is a slightly altered state, which is the same altered state. Because like, human beings were wired for altered states. We're in altered states all the time. Like even when you're scrolling your Insta feed for like 15 minutes and you're like, where did I go? That's an altered state, girlfriend. So um, it's using our capacity for altered states to connect with all of our allies in the invisible world. Yeah, yeah. And soul retrieval is not generally something you do for yourself. I had hired a shaman last year to do soul retrieval for me because the truth is, is that everyone is missing soul parts. Everyone. It's just in contemporary society that's built on patriarchy and capitalism, we have all lost soul parts just to survive. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter who you are. 
Um, and so bits of your soul. Yeah. And the thing is, is not only do you like want to have all of your soul because then you can like really live your, your life as, and your purpose. Mm -hmm. But what I think is interesting, um, is there's one idea that like when it comes time to die, if you don't have enough of your soul, you don't have the necessary energy to like make that leap to the next, wherever it is that we go. So that's why you come back looking for those parts of your soul you lost. What do you, Oh, you mean you're like a hungry ghost. Like just reincarnation, like out. yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, like, you don't even get to reincarnate. Oh, wow. Like, you need you're enough of your soul. You're just a hungry ghost. You're just a hungry ghost. <laughs> yeah. Hanging out. Amen. So, long story short, uh, I hired a, a shaman to do a soul retrieval for me, but I asked her, I said, why can't you do your own soul retrieval? Because you just need to be able to journey to do it. And she said, because basically when you are looking for a soul part, you're looking for your own blind spot so to speak. Mm, mm -hmm. And so you can't really see that. It requires another shaman or shamanic practitioner to do it for you. But she did say, but if you're ever journeying and you see a seven, a 12, a 14 year old version of yourself, you make sure to grab onto them and you don't let them go. Yeah. Which I thought was really, I've had that experience myself. Yeah. Which I thought was really profound for her to say. We'll definitely do a whole episode on this. So, um, so I'll stop talking about it. No, but yeah, we will. Cause I think it is all very interesting. We'll do a shamanic journeying episode, but you know, I think it is like important to, you know, on some level that's like metaphoric for metaphoric, metaphorical. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is sort of just akin to what we were talking about with, you know, in a way like a retrograde phase is like an opportunity to go and like grab a piece of yourself that you might have left behind. I love that. You know, like yeah. if you're, you know, so we're all going back to, you know, 28 degree Capricorn again which is where it was um, on June 27th so if we can all sort of think about where we were at the end of June and what kind of progress we felt we were making in our lives and you know it's it was in Aquarius so it was very much about like action you know that was geared toward you know things that were for the greater good you know, on some level and action driven by inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always even say creativity because I feel like Aquarius is, you know, also an, an inspiration place, uh, touchstone. Yeah. And like Leo big is. weirdos. So it's like your authenticity. In a yeah. Way. Your authenticity. So, you know, action through authenticity. And then it sort of slowed down. Um, you know, which in a way it just felt like, so even if you look at it from that regard between June 27th and, you know, now August, you know, August 28th, these last two months, we've sort of had to go back to reclaim some little piece of our authenticity that we might have left behind. Yeah. Or a big big piece. Well, if you think about Capricorn, I mean, it's now back in Capricorn, which is really like a big piece, you know, Capricorn's always about like you know, the future, like ambition, career, status, the what big you're, dream, what you're going to do. Yeah. What you're going to do. What's the big dream for myself? Boss bitch energy, CEO. Totally. So we all had to go back to this place of like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. Who am I again? Who's the big boss of me? Which is it's So in a way it's, you know, if we can sort of weed through all the chaos, the external chaos of everything, you know, shit falling down and falling apart and having to come back together and all that stuff and just kind of stand quietly in the center of it, we can sort of learn to utilize this Leo Mercury energy and this now Capricorn Mars energy to sort of, 
you know, remember to communicate through confidence within ourselves and sort of build towards the big bad boss bitch version of ourselves so that we can move forward holding tight to those pieces and reapproach now this new phase of ourselves, you know, with those things fully intact. I love it. It's like you're holding Mars with one hand and you're holding Mercury with the other hand. Yeah. And I am like literally sitting here doing that. <laughs> like I, yeah, I, it, I physicalized it. But it is really that in a way. So, you know, we still have, you know, these shadow, fa- these shadow phases to really sort of give us the opportunity to, you know, stand firmly within those places of ourselves and again you know the mercury shadow through september 2nd and then the mars shadow is going to take us you know through october 9th so we have the rest of the summer and into the beginnings of the fall you know before we're really going to feel like we're firmly back you know in our space of where we were um you know in a new way but you know I, th- I think even just when the retrograde, you know, for me, when that Mars retrograde ends on the 28th, and again, we're... we're That's when Cher's new album drops. <laughs> oh, I thought it was in September. Oh, yeah, it's September 28th. <laughs> Sorry, honey. I'm just really looking forward to yes, it. Yes, we know. Okay. No, look, the new single's great. It is good. I'm And I'm, I'm here for her. Um, you would have to be to be married to me. <laughs> That's true. She's all over our house. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I think... You know, it's it's really important for everyone to, you know, be fully aware of, you know, just these phases in our lives, but to be actively engaged in them for yourself to not just sort of be like, oh, finally, the retrograde's done back to normal. And it's like, no, like what new you, normal? Yeah. Like stop a moment and like think about, well, what was this trying to teach you? What was, you know, your fight with fucking Shelly down the hall really about you know well, or tell what, you. What, <laughs> you know why'd you lose your job or why did that project fall apart and come back together in the way that it did like or why are you being pushed by your uh, you know mom dad brother sister lover friend to like you know do something that you don't want to do you know it, it ultimately is about all of these things for us of having to like learn and and you know we've also had jupiter retrograding jupiter's now finally been direct um since july but jupiter is also still in its shadow phase through october 6th in scorpio in scorpio the planet of uh sex death transformation other people's well, money sign of yeah yeah, uh, yeah. but also uh, what book is it that just calls it needs? Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just your needs. Your needs. Yeah. And Jupiter being the planet that rules like abundance and growth and optimism. And expansion. So, and expansion. So, you know, approaching, I always say, like approaching your needs from a place of optimism. From yeah. a place of, you know, yeah, like growth. Expansion. Instead of saying like, oh, my needs are unreasonable, being like, no, I have the tools to get all of my needs met and maybe exactly. even dream a bigger dream about yeah. what I need. Stop apologizing. Yeah, girl. Okay. Thank you, lady. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, so it's still, you know, in the shadow phase for Jupiter as well. And Saturn is also... Um, retrograding and going to be direct September 6th. Yeah. And Saturn, you know, is the planet that rules our greatest fears and limitations. And that went retrograde back in April um, in Capricorn and uh, will go direct, like I said, September 6th. And then, you know, be in its shadow through December 12th. Um, We also, and again, we also have Uranus and Neptune and Pluto all retrograde, um, 
you know, so it's been, you know, seven planets in retrograde. We've we've lost two of them now. Jupiter and Mercury are direct again. So, you know, we're, we're only down to five now, which is lovely. And by the end of the um, month, we'll be down to four. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and some of them are bigger and, you know, don't, you know, always affect like the day-to-day but to have so many that have been affecting affecting our day-to-day has been like the real challenging thing about all right day what are you going to do to me now um but it ultimately is you know not so much about okay day what are you going to do to me now but okay day like how am i going to approach your challenges today you know how am i gonna how am i gonna do it and like really sort of taking charge of it and that's also just a big mars thing of like all right well take charge take ownership you know demand yeah um and in a way sometimes the retrograde just kind of sort of leaves us there on our backs flailing like somebody help me uh and it's really now our our chance to just kind of step back up into it and again look at us you know look at the shadow phase throughout the beginning of october to really sort of take steps, you know, from a new place, a new way. So, and I, I feel like I don't know why word... I just thought it was like everyone should buy new shoes. Oh, all right. <laughs> I kind of need a new pair of shoes. Everybody, after Mars goes direct, buy August a new 28th, pair of shoes. Buy a new pair of shoes. So when you wear those shoes, you look at your feet and you think, "Oh, I am stepping forwards in a new way." Yes, I fucking love that retail therapy. Yes, girl. But it's a marker. Yeah. And I was just thinking, just going back to this idea of shadow and darkness and darkness is a healing space, like mm-hmm. the darkness of the womb, all things grow in the dark, the void, you know, everything starts in the void first before it becomes manifest in form. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to like integrate. Yeah. Yeah. Before we're out, of, like once we're out of the shadow, we're back in the light. Yes. So this is your safe space to start to integrate, to weave that new web. Because once the light shines, you're, everyone's going to see it. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's more important how we really approach like these shadow phases and just the light. Yeah. And not focus so much on the retrograde because look, Mercury retrogrades like three times a year. Yeah. We'll be back here in In December. uh, End of of November. November. Yeah. End of November and and through December. So it's just like, you know, let's not get so caught up in the drama of it because it's like a fun thing to talk about. Let's really utilize these times as like tools for growth. And it's medicine. Just, yeah, get better yeah. and be better. But you got to take the medicine. Take the medicine. I always say like and you talk can about go, it. Yeah, especially with Mercury, planet of yeah. communication. Yeah, talk about it. Talk so about if you've been living through. in your head for the last three weeks about stuff, write now that we're email. direct, write us an email. Shoot, shoot us a note. Yeah. Get a but therapist. If it's not us, yeah, yeah. Like reach out to friends, connect with them, talk to them, like self-care through communication because it's Leo and you deserve it. Yeah, I love that. All right. That was beautiful, honey. Should we pull a card? Let's pull a card for the people. All right. I'm still using this new magic deck. I gave my first reading with it yesterday. And you guys, this deck is magical as fire. So if you listen to this podcast, I'm going to give you the same deal that I'm giving to some of my friends because the best way to learn a new deck is to be reading with it. So if you would like a 20 minute reading for $20, which is like a, a stupidly stupid price, uh, I'm here because I really want to help you and I want to keep using these cards. So you can just um, reach out to us, but hold on. So just close your eyes unless you're driving a car. If you're driving, I will close your eyes for you. No, that's generous. I'm sitting here with my eyes closed. 
And I'm just going to pick one card, which is the medicine that we need right now until we meet again. But this message will resonate even if you're listening to this in a future space and time. These cards are very shiny. They're super shiny and they're very thick. Yeah, I need to pull a card from this deck. I haven't yet. Well, I'll give you a 20 minutes for $20 reading if you'd like. What? (laughs) We can trade in some other way. I like that. All right. I just pulled the High Priestess, everybody. Ooh, gorgeous. So the High Priestess is one of two cards in the Major Arcana which uh, talks to the divine female archetype uh, in the tarot, probably because it was designed mostly by men. And to men, women are very mysterious. There are two cards that kind of uh, take the the feminine archetype. So uh, the empress is the part of the feminine archetype that's sensual and sexy and very like Mother Earth. And the high priestess is kind of that like aloof, psychic, uh, cold part of the psyche um, of that feminine archetype. So when we pull the high priestess and she's direct to, it's an invitation into stillness, darkness. I love the way these cards always connect with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And in the stillness and in the darkness, it's your opportunity to connect with your own psychic and intuitive gifts. And the high priestess, um, in this deck, what you see is the legs of a woman and she's walking in the dark. There's a big, beautiful, waning crescent moon and she's dropped these pomegranates because she is Persephone. Mm -hmm. She is the goddess that spends half of the year in the underworld and half of the year in the light. The shadow. The shadow, exactly. And she goes into the shadow because that's that's balance. That's where you need to be. So until we meet again, give yourself permission to be in the shadow, to be in darkness, to be still and quiet and to see what comes in. Everybody has intuitive gifts. It's part of your birthright. Either you see visions, you hear things, you feel things in your body. Synchronicities happen. Just open yourself up to that because there are messages trying to reach you. And even if you don't believe it, even if you're a skeptic, just put that part of yourself aside. Say, okay, I am a skeptic, but I can also open myself up. I can, I can allow both of those things to be true. I mean, Angel's one of the biggest skeptics I know, and also one of the most incredible astrologers I know. So you can be both. Yeah. And sometimes you do just have to say, you know what? I'm just going to believe wholeheartedly in this stuff, you know, in this faith. Yeah. Because that's faith. Totally. So everyone channel your inner high priestess until we meet again. And thank you, everyone that has been listening in, subscribing, leaving beautiful reviews, rating us five stars. Yeah, please, um, if you haven't yet, please uh, subscribe, uh, review us on um, iTunes. Share us with your friends, with your family. It definitely helps quite a bit. Yeah. Um, And we want to give a really special shout out and thank you to our neighbor, Carl. Always our neighbor, Carl. Yeah, for all his production work Who is the incarnation of the spirit of technology. Yes, Helping us make this happen. Yeah, and Justin Simeon for his fun music. And yeah, to all of you, you can also email us at thespiritualgaze, G-A-Y-Z, at gmail.com. You can tweet us. We got an Instagram. Yeah, spiritualgaze on Twitter and thespiritualgaze on Instagram. Follow us. And uh, G-A-Y-Z. G-A-Y-Z, yes. Because it's a play. On words. (laughs) All right, until next time, my loves. 
This has been your moment in the, the spiritual, spiritual gaze. gaze. <laughs> it sounded like you were falling off a cliff there. Ooh, I'm flying.